One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review Saturday night's episode yeah. of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sudwick to review this weekend's episode of... Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. But here's my number. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> and they've just given up now, haven't they? Oh, my God. Collision cannot come soon enough. And I mean that quite literally... Is there any point in reviewing this show anymore? <laughs> I understand that narrative developments happened. Some of them were dire. And I'm actually, you know what, looking forward to burying two things in particular yeah. on this show. My God, can we change this podcast? <laughs> to like... We've had two weeks off as well from this. Why don't we change it to something like an AEW Weekly Roundup of the various talking points? Uh-huh. Maybe I would, I would rather talk about wrestling Twitter discourse than the content of this television show because, oh my God, it is so unremarkable. It is so boring. It is so phoned in. It is so capital C content that when people appear on this show, I instantly receive them as not being stars mm. and like being unimportant players. And I get... Uh, an understanding of who Tony Khan really cares about, which programs he really cares about. There's one, um, spoiler alert, Keith Lee returns again. It's like he's always <laughs> just returning in a constant loop. And I'm thinking, right, well, he's done for. And I'm thinking, well, Jay White's probably higher in the plans than Swerve Strickland in terms of who could be the next sort of heel after MGF to ascend up the card. Because, my goodness, the, the mere fact that... Whatever goes on on Rampage, I just instantly think, right, okay, that's a lesser concern. This program stinks. And, of course, it's sometimes a 6 out of 10. Yeah. That's not elite. I was promised when this company first formed all elite wrestling. Now, I'm not an idiot. I'm not trying to be a bad faith actor. I understand why it was called that. But it did also come with a certain promise Mm -hmm. of um, anti-content churn, two hours of prime time every week. That was one of the reasons why they did a quarterly pay-per-view model is because at the time, look, I'm not an idiot. I'm not naive. I know that this company exists to make money. 
as every company in the world does, and that it would not, as much as Tony Khan loves booking a wrestling promotion, and as much as he did it electronically, online, <laughs> um, as a hobby, as a passion project for years before he even realized he could do it in real life, I understand that there's a passion in AEW, I understand that the wrestlers want to be there, um, and that Khan just loves doing it. And it, yeah, it was a business, but at the same time, I do believe earnestly, and I don't think this is necessarily naive, when they said, right, two hours a week and four pay-per-views, we want it to be premium, we want it to be great, we just want to do good wrestling for God's sake. Like, the elite could have went to WWE for $500,000 a year. Tony Khan could have simply done his other two dream jobs <laughs> instead of doing this. And every time I watch Rampage, that feeling evaporates. And it was so crucial mm. to my enjoyment of what AEW was. I used to love it feeling like it was ages away when you would get the Excalibur counting down mm. what was going to happen on Dynamite next week. And you thought, oh, I can't come soon enough. This program and the apathetic approach to it completely undermines what it is that I was drawn to in the first place. Four. I think if Collision was, is rumoured to be June 17th, around that time? Yes. Four more episodes of Rampage probably we have to watch. Maybe even... Well, you might be going to one. Yeah, you probably will be going to one. So... Yeah. yeah maybe it'll be a, uh, wrapped in with the whole... Because I assume they're doing the, the whole Dynamite yeah, gimmick rather a, than... Yeah, they're doing a block taping of Dynamite and Rampage. On we can that a bit night, maybe going out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you nailed it, by the way, with the whole because, like, we're gonna, you know, go through this show, and it's really sort of by the numbers booking. Like, it's almost pointless. I was doing a preview outside of discussing big things like we did on like the TV deal, for example, on Friday, because I could just sit here. Um, and granted, we could do the same with with, with WWE shows. I'm not saying that this is you know unique to AEW. But I, we could sit here, I could read you the match, matches planned, and you'd go, this person, this person, and this person, and we'd be right 99% yeah. of the time. We might not get the finish, but even that we could come pretty close on. Um, but you're right in terms of the personnel, because a lot of these people on this show I really like, but it is a bit like when, you know, if you've got a favourite player in Newcastle's team, for example, and you suddenly start seeing Eddie Howe playing him in League Cup games, and you're like, oh, that's where we're at, is it? That's yeah. the level that he's going to be utilised for. Oh, he's a, a rampage guy, is he? Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's talk about this show, because there was uh, one thing, yet again, I mean, it's not like I need some sort of sixth sense or special powers. There was one thing where I went, well, that's going to be uh, interesting to talk to Sidgwick on Monday about. Yeah. We'll get to it, though. We'll get to that. I'm looking forward to burying it. Because there was a, effectively, you know, a good, again, straightforward, but a good establishing match in terms of getting a team a big win to set them up for a future title challenge to open the, the show. It was the big win. He claimed him Billy Gunn versus the Butcher Blade and Kip Sabian. Nice to see Kip Sabian dyeing his hair in accordance with the acclaimed gear as well. I wrote that in my notes. I was watching. Oh Christ, there was a lot of blurring. Yeah, but it's a match in particular where you wore the same gear, lads. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of us is going to have to change. Um, Max Caster said Butcher had a w the worst mustache since Vince McMahon. I'm not going to be the person being like, you shouldn't talk about the competition, right? But I, I, one of my big hills to die on at the moment is 
please don't make light of this because that's what they're trying to do. This is the Boris Johnson thing. Look at his silly hair. Yeah. Uh, no. Vince McMahon is a terrible human being, right? And he shouldn't just be like, the guy with the weird mustache now. He shouldn't be involved in this industry anymore. And people got stupidly distracted by this from the moment. And it's not only having to go at Max Castle, this is me just having to go at bloody yeah. wrestling fans for being like, <laughs> what's he? Does he think that looks cool? What's he? Oh, bloody whack. He resigned in disgrace. and Accused of rape. And he's, he's wormed and squirmed his way back in. Yeah, the thing with Vincent Mann, either go for the throat or just don't bother for the for the reasons you've just uh, articulated very well. You should be punching up at Vince McMahon so hard that you separate your shoulder. <laughs> like, don't go for the mustache. I did that once when I was playing wee boxing around a nephew's at uh, Christmas. Little nephew, he's just got a wee. I was like, oh, I'll have a go. What's this? Boxing. And I woke up the next day, yeah. And I felt like I'd pulled both muscles in my arms because I was trying to take this cartoon emoji's head off. Uh, pull two hammies <laughs> playing uh, with, the, with football with James on Saturday. Did you? Like, honestly, the next day I was like, oh, you're a joke. I need to do something about my health. Anyway, in the match, Bowen mm. starts off with Kip Sabian. Uh, Blade gets the tag uh, but gets hit with the Sizzamy Timbers double team. Uh, Butcher comes in, dumps Bowen to the floor after Sabian catches him with a knee, and we get a Butcher blade and kip scissor. Uh, yeah, it was better in the Battle Royal. Um, I've saw it already. The fans are desperate to see Daddy Ass Billy going in there. He finally got the hot tag. He wipes out everyone. He runs wild, hits Butcher with a power slam. Caster comes in with a springboard dropkick on the blade. Fame Asser from uh, Billy Gunn on Kip Sabian for a near fall. Blade has to dive in at the last second to break up the pin. Caster takes him out with a super kick, though. Uh, Bowens hits the arrival on Kip Sabian. Caster hits the mic drop, elbow drop thing, and gets the one, two, three. They're obviously being set up for the next challenges for the Hezzy Blick. Indeed, yeah. This is all very loveless to me. This felt to me like such... It was just there as a match. Structurally, it was so generic. It was so... Everything in the right order. You get the shine. You get the cut-off. You get some taunts because people found them amusing during the Battle Royal. So they did the scissors taunt. And yes, I laughed because the butcher's great. And then you got the comeback and then you got the finish. It was just there. Like no real thought went into this at all. House show match. House show match. Like just not worthy of a television program. Just totally inessential. Did nothing for me. Just existed. And I'll tell you what as well. I just couldn't escape the notion watching this program. Now, Tony Khan and, you know, QT Marshall and Sanjay Dove sat down and went, it's time for Rampage now. How... Do you think they put it off like we do? Potentially. <laughs> I wonder how much time goes into it. I really do, because it just, again, I cannot escape the notion that it's just such an apathetic, loveless, like just bereft of passion or thought or anything to try and make it worth my time. And I just couldn't help but think, right, okay, what do we need to do for Rampage this week? Well, you know, we can heat up certain programs that aren't going to make it to pay-per-view and the stuff that we don't care about that kind of has to go on the pay-per-view with Keith Lee and Swerve. We'll, do, we'll book an angle for that. Right, okay. Who do we need to get on there to ensure that this number doesn't dip to, like, MLW or Impact Wrestling tier? Right, the acclaimed. People still like the acclaimed. Everyone loves the acclaimed. Put the acclaimed on. Just have them win a trios match. 
I just I just got nothing out of this. Mm. Absolutely nothing. And the acclaimed feel like they are waning in not necessarily popularity because it's got no. a nice reaction from a hot crowd, but it just feels like they are a a bandage, a band aid, band aid, <laughs> a plaster, okay? <laughs> bandage to stop an out and out viewership hemorrhage. Get in there, get on telly. Get a decent amount of people watching because the acclaimed are an overact. Get the hell out of there. Mm. Made it to the first ad break. There's nothing to this. Why did it exist? They've already won a battle royal. They've already, in doing so, they have a storyline claim now to say, well, we're the best trio because we've beaten them all. (laughs) We've outlasted them all in a match that would determine who the best trio is at this current time. Content with a C, a capital C content. Take what cheer you up. Another episode of QTV, mate. Oh my God, recap it. So uh, they're talking about All In, coming to uh, Blow, good old Blighty. Um, what culture will be in attendance, I should point out. Um, and uh, they're going to dig up dirt on British people. And uh, if you live in England but you weren't born there, you're British. And. They set up, they go to footage of Powerhouse Hobbs. Remember him? Um, with um, Harley Cameron saying, Roll the footage, governor! I don't know how this company has the temerity to book this shit and the Jericho Appreciation Society at the same time. <laughs> the idea, the JAS, and it's such a one-note gag, is that sports entertainment bad. What's this then? You can only justifiably do this bit, and it's so shallow, and it's worn out its welcome, and it's ruthlessly undermined quite quite frequently by the content you see on AEW programming. You can only have that act when your wrestling product is really, really great, and these guys feel like transgressors. Yes. What's this? How can these two things exist with no self-awareness in the same storytelling universe? It genuinely winds me up because this was out and out terrible. So And they've just gone powerhouse Hobbs back to the book of Hobbs, completely unaffected by the QTV ruining this yeah. wave of momentum he was on. That's the thing. Like It's not just bad comedy, but from a continuity standpoint, it makes no sense. If you go through all of these segments, and again, I'm not allowed an opinion on this because I've never worked in the business <laughs> and I don't have an understanding of its inner workings, but my understanding of this uh, angle is that upon losing the TNT title, Powerhouse Hobbs, infuriated... Kind of grabbed QT Marshall yeah, by the throat. Pinned him up against the wall. Pinned him up against the wall. And a panicked QT said, oh, there's a plan B, there's a plan B. Stick with us, there's a plan B. So the plan B is they didn't win the uh, Trios Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. They subsequently lost a match to Lucha Brothers and Vikingo, didn't they? Yes, possibly. Yeah, 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 of course. Did they lose? Double check that. I don't want to be... Uh, because I'm under the assumption that... Powerhouse Hobbs was prevented from getting into the ring by a table on the outside, Excalibur Orbit said. Yes, it was, yeah. Rampage, yeah, two weeks ago. So they lost. They lost. Solo, QT, and Powerhouse Hobbs lost to Elhia, Duffy, King, and the Lucha Bros, yeah. This followed a loss to the Lucha Bros. 
This follow QT and so is this Powerhouse Hobbs's cage match? That yes, yeah, on? I'm on. Sorry, so yeah. he lost the trios match. They lost a tag team match, mm-hmm. QT and Hobbs, to the Lucha Bros at Battle of the Belts. Correct. Uh, it's not on there. Oh wait, but the Battle of the Belts. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, you're right. They lost again from uh, yeah, early April. Yes. Uh huh. So, if anything, again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no inner knowledge of the inner workings of the wrestling industry, so I must qualify the following opinion by saying I don't have the right to one. I have no idea how any of this works, right? Theoretically, if I was allowed an opinion, okay, I would say that from a continuity perspective, it makes no sense that Powerhouse Hobbs infuriated at the loss of his TNT title to such an extent that he pinned QT Marshall up against a wall Claiming there was a plan B. Well, you didn't get a sniff at the ROH tag team titles. Nope. Because you lost. So that was the plan B. There was a plan C. That's gone up in smoke because you didn't um, get in the frame for the trios titles either. And now we cut to a very calm powerhouse Hobbs reading from the Book of Hobbs in an interview with his stable, who are also just a media outlet, who aren't because it's so obviously fake. Look, maybe he'll beat Orange Cassidy for the international title, and that's what's in the book. I don't know. All I know is that even if this is let it play out, he's reading from the book of Hobbs and the, the plans in the book, and they're going to w- get him a title or whatever. That didn't work for the TNT title run, which lasted all of a month, because mm. it's rubbish. The standard of comedy here was so bad. So if you didn't see it, watch it. They start, they do this, it looks invisible camera as well. Why are the cameras there? Anyway, so QT Marshall says, we need to dig up dirt on British people. And then he said to... Harley Cameron? Harley Cameron, hey, aren't you British? I'm QT Marshall, and I'm a comedic goober who can't tell one accent from another. Then she says, no, I'm Australian. Can't you tell from my teeth? The idea being that, you know, British people... Don't know if you've heard the zinger before, Adam Wilborn, <laughs> right? This incredible gag, right? That British people are known to not for not having particularly nice teeth. Mm. This is the material. Are you joking? In that weird, it was like, it was, it, which I've heard that if you're from England but weren't born there or whatever way around it was, you're Brit-ish. What is that even a joke? <laughs> yeah, I, it's absolutely. Get this off telly. Uh, I don't care if he formats the shows. It's terrible. Yeah, like and I've said it a million times. QT Marshall, prelim comedy guy. Few better for me. Few better. His bumping is incredible. Mm-hmm. His gooning is incredible. He is excellent and underappreciated role. The second he tries to do something else, it's always bad. Mm. Uh, and then we got uh, Tony Storm of the Outcasts versus Alison Kay. Uh, Alison Kay looked good there. A bit of a nice reaction for her. Obviously, was it like hometown or local hero stuff, I think. Sorry, I just got a local hero on my head there. Um. <laughs> denigrate local hero by putting it on Rampage. <laughs> it's guilty by association now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, but of course, there's bloody outcasts on the outside, Sige. And the referee who just doesn't pay any attention to previous matches just allows Soraya to trip K and Storm takes her down to take the advantage. Ruby So gets a cheap shot in when no one's looking as well. K's out on the floor and getting stamped. Uh, you can hear it, man. <laughs> you can hear it. Um, anyway, they get back in the ring. It looks like a straightforward victory for Tony Storm. But uh, Alison K fought back, neck breaker, clothesline, gets a near fall off the back of it. Um, Storm hits the Tornado DDT, sets up for a pile driver, but K counters that with a pinning combination. But Soho distracts the ref, so she would have lost. She would have lost just there if Soho apparently hadn't taken the referee. Um, Why are you doing this for? I'm not being funny, Alison K. Yes. Uh, Storm hits her with a, a German suplex. The running hip attack. Storm zero, one, two, three. It wasn't just completely and utterly redundant, repetitive booking that I've seen a million times that made the referee look stupid. Like, so many things wrong with it in and of itself. Like, surely the time was... Tony Storm ahead of a big trios match next week, and you're really going to firm up the direction of whatever happens at um, Double or Nothing because mm -hmm. you know whatever happens at Double or Nothing is going to spin off from this Wednesday's trios match. Was it not the time to establish that Tony Storm or another member of the Outcasts? You know, we can really get it done. Mm. We like to be dicks because we're the heels, but you know, we can get it done. Not only would it you take them more seriously as a proposition, yeah. but it would just. You can do all this nonsense that you do literally every single week in the post-match. I was watching this match. My experience was, I know, Alison Kay's getting a loss, and this isn't that bad. And, you know, Tony Storm's being a bit selfless. Oh, yeah, the same, old, the same old stuff that happens every single week is happening in front of me. What year is it? Uh, what, what am I meant to say as an analyst about this show? I don't understand what I'm meant to take from this other than just a really ingrained apathy at everything I'm watching now. It was very much, you need to get the buddy birds on, don't we? Um, outcast squash, where they just cheat to establish them as bad guys. Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah. Thoughtless, passionless content. Let's do a get the table or something <laughs> on, on Friday. Friday Q&A. Instead of this. Well, it wasn't always because we got to play the first round ever of our game. It's time to play the game! Time to play time the to play game! <laughs> and before we get to the aim of the game, which we normally do on Wednesdays, we can do it differently here on Rampage. Here's the name of the game. Rampage of the week. Thank you again to Mark Lee Willis for making that for us. Yeah, because he can't just let them wrestle. Although, to be fair, I think we fixed it in week one because he was on his best behavior here. He didn't say anything. The closest he got was precision chopping, and I thought, careful, careful. Do you know, I've, I've written, written down his most pervy comment from this show. Do you want to know what it was? I watched this... Um my eyes glazed over in pure tedium, so maybe I wasn't picking up the details here. It was uh, main event, him talking about Brian Cage. Arms, thighs, he's a thick human being. Fair so, enough. Hey, hey. No winners this week. No winners this week. But that's the thing. There are winners when there's no winners in these games. <laughs> 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Right, um, the guns. We were told we were going to hear from them, and we do. They're not happy, uh, obviously, about losing their tag titles and shoddy refereeing. But then, Sige, I hope you like breadcrumbs because Ethan Page comes in and uh, he wants their help with something, and then they head off. More on that a little later. Ooh. Then it was time for tag team partners Kyle Fletcher and Action Andretti for some reason to face each other. <laughs> they were in the same fucking gear. Uh, what the f*** was this? <laughs> uh, uh, it's like, do you not carry an alternate... Better gear. Do you not say to your opponent what you're wearing this week? Mm. They were in the same color scheme. Couldn't he have worn like top flight gear? Couldn't he have worn out else? Because <laughs> I thought Carl Fletcher, you know, I, we all knew what this was going to be because Carl Fletcher needs a television win, not just the attack on Orange Cassidy from Dynamite. To be like, I'm going to bloody take that title from you, you know. Spoiler alert, he's not. Mm-hmm. But he has to get the win here. Uh, and we got Action Andretti back. I'm reliably informed by Phil Chambers, uh, who takes care of Ring of Honor ups and downs with our very own Simon Miller, that uh, Action Andretti has uh, partnered with Darius Martin whilst Dante recovers from that horrific injury. Get well soon, Dante. Uh, over, yeah, over in Ring of Honor. Um, so that's why we haven't seen, you know, the biggest star in wrestling that Chris Jericho made a few months back. Um, wrestling on this show, apparently. Um, Even though his mate has been getting, like, battered by Bullet Club Gold. Yeah. Doesn't care. <laughs> so, you know, an enjoyable match, this. I'm a, you know, fan of... No, it's all right. Fan of Carl uh, Fletcher's from his uh, early days. I probably probably liked him before you even knew about him. When he was in a uh, little, little known promotion called... What culture pro wrestling? Um, but yeah, he looked huge against uh, Action Andretti as well. He uh, gets into it with him. He's in control early on. Andretti has to fight back with a springboard torneo off the bottom rope. Um, but Fletcher keeps catching him with a leg lariat, sends him to the floor. Uh, he gets slammed on the floor, does Action Andretti to take us to a break, or possibly even in the break. 
Um, after the break, when we come back, uh, Andretti fires back up, hits a plancher on Fletcher out on the floor, but misses the split-legged moonsault, but still manages to land on his feet. Fletcher catches him with a super kick and a running kick in the corner and a brain buster for a near fall. Um, but Andretti comes back with a superplex off the top rope. Springboard 450 gets a near fall. Um, he catches Carl Fletcher with an integuri, but again, as I said, Fletcher manages to hit him with that great leg lariat, and he hits a sort of spinning tombstone pile driver to get the one, two, three. I get the exact sensations watching this uh, hybrid, high spot based, strike based style as I do watching uh, WWE brawls in 2002. It's like, it's dead now. Come on. Unless you're amazing at it. Unless you're the absolute very best in the world at this. Do something else to stand out. Because it's just... It's ironically spectacular work at this point. Because I'm not... It's like, when people shant, this is awesome. I'm no longer awestruck. Mm. It doesn't inspire awe within me. <laughs> kind of boring. Um, look, Andretti's... He needs a character... He needs something to stand out. He's wrestling what is increasingly an unfashionable style that has reached a critical mass of interest, at least for me. Again, obviously, there's no doubting what a great athlete he is, but there are times when he does these incredibly convoluted setups to moves. And when he gets to the final phase, after all the various rotations, and he makes a connection with the splash or the press... Never really looks particularly good. Um, Fletcher, like his leg lariats looked wicked. Like he looked like he was really laying it in. Yeah. And I like his face. He's got a he's got the kind of face where it's like, you look like a horrible human being. <laughs> you might not be, but he knows how to wear it. He mm. knows those horrible expressions that just look like this. Found the camera brilliantly as the pinfall yeah, is getting carried. Yeah, he knows how to be a jag off. He looks smug. He just looks detestable. So yeah, I was impressed by his performance, but it's a hit. I think the good thing they needed here is, because obviously, you know, generally Fletcher and Mark Davis come as a bit of a package or involved at least with Osprey, for example. And I think a lot of people look at them and go, Mark Davis is a big guy. Then Carl Fletcher is just like the lithe, high-flying guy. But yeah, here he was like, no, I can still kick ass. Uh, uh, it was a good individual performance from him. And again, I'm not burying Andretti. He's obviously, if you saw actually Andretti in 2018, you'd lose your mind. Yeah. But it ain't 2018 anymore. No. Right, Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He brings out the Hardy Boys and uh, Brother Zay. Um, that's not good booking. So they come down. Uh, and I've just read in my notes as I was watching this last night. I just wrote the Hardys play all the hits. Oh, Tony, I've had a wonderful week. Uh, the firm have been deleted, and everyone does because he gets them to do it by just forcing down their throats. Delete, delete, oh yeah, delete, oh yeah. Jeff Hardy gets on there and talks about like be there, be triangular, or some bollocks. Um, Anyway, they want to win the, the, the AW tag team titles as the final run as the Hardy Boys. Uh, but, of course, this brings out the guns. And the guns are like, well, don't be talking about the tag titles without mentioning our name. And um, there's a few people from the firm who still want to kick your ass. Um, All the firm deletion. <laughs> right? So... 
I just, uh, you've got a great description and I don't want to step on your dick with all this, so I'm not going to say anything about this because you talked about this in the office. I think you tweeted it as well. And I've it's so spot on, and especially when you reenacted it in the office today. Right, so... <laughs> They say, hey, one of those people is Ethan Bloody Page. He's bloody sick of you, right? So how about it? We'll have a match. We'll have Ethan Page, right? Um, and Matt Hardy says, all right, we'll have a bare knuckle fight, but with a, stip- <laughs> with a stipulation, I'm at home going, no. <laughs> if my team wins, I get... <laughs> I get control of Ethan Page's contract. You know, like they did with me. And Jeff's like, you got to cut cut it down with the whole, uh, cut it out, sorry, with the whole uh, contract stuff, Matt. And he's like, I know, but one more time. Come on. I hated that. Right. I hated that. The only thing that saved this were Austin and Colton Gunn who you say, fine, whatever, agree, we'll have the match. And they do, two brothers A, the, the orgasm noise that he does. And then one of them just goes, yeah, by the way, f- suck it, right? And I was like, okay, they pulled it back. And then the Hardys ruined it again by going, we're going to delete, delete, delete the ass boys. Uh, <sighs> so what? first of all, talk me through physically how you're watching this. Physically, I'm hungover. Physically, I had a rare night out. And because it's rare, my body is not used to consuming a lot of alcohol. Hangovers are just pretty unpleasant to deal with at the best of times. So the kids aren't back from the mother-in-laws till about 11. And and my body gets us up at half five. So I was kind of just existing (laughs) in a state of self-pity on my couch. And I think, you know what? I'm not doing anything except feeling sorry for myself. I'm just... Passively watching Sunday Brunch. <laughs> if I watch Rampage now, I don't have to watch it tomorrow morning. Yeah. You're not doing anything else, Sid. We'll just do it. I don't want to do it. You have to do it. It's your job. I don't want to. Oh, right. Right. Come around. Uh, it's 10 o'clock. They come around at 11. You're not doing anything else. You're literally like. It takes more effort not to watch it. Yeah, it takes more effort not to watch this. And the only thing that is in your like gr- in your reach are the TV controls. You can't even be bothered to make a cup of tea <laughs> because walking around hurts. Just put the show on. Tomorrow you will be so thankful yeah. for this. And then this happened, and I just saved the rest because I, I, was, so, I was in such a mood. So I was already feeling a little bit uh, worse for wear, a little bit sorry for myself, and like even the thought of Matt Hardy being on TV, like, can I have Vikingo, please? Yeah. <laughs> can I have someone else has been cycled out of it, not Matt Hardy, doing this. And I'm already really low on the prospect of the Guns versus the Hardys, because, all right, okay, cool, that's not as good as their team Taz, that's not as good as Swerve in our glory, um, you know, there's a million different tag teams you can make or that you have access to. Or this tag team division's finished. Mm. So, like, the whole- a lot of people tweeted us, by the way, thank you for this. Either immediately after this or even before when we were there going, what even are the babyface tag teams that are free for, for a match with the guns? 
and then you didn't think of these. Yeah, because I didn't want to think of them. Yeah. I think that was the difference. <laughs> so I'm already like, oh, God, a really green team who need to be marshaled around the ring by cardio machines in FTR to create a bit of a dynamic, yeah. um, intricate, thrilling, dramatic match. And even I wasn't high on the title change match, to be honest. But that's where the guns are at. And again, it's the same with Andretti. Like, I'm not individually burying these talents no. and being mean-spirited. I'm saying they're at a certain level and they're being pushed beyond it on TV to their detriment. Um, so I'm already thinking, well, the Hardys versus the guns. The very best possible version of that match is not going to be very good. Mm-hmm. It could be really loud if they get the booking right, if they're in the right market and Jeff Hardy's always really over. But I can't pretend it's going to be particularly good. Like, telegraphing a Matt Hardy offensive phase like bumping obviously for Matt Hardy who's like not very fast it's going to be criminally bad at its worst this so I'm, I'm not high in the match and then Matt Hardy says if we win this presumed trios match that's yeah. going to lead to the tag then we get control of Ethan Page's contract right I don't this is going to be um, I've got two analogies here for what I did one's more accurate, the other can let people who don't watch football in on it, right? Mm. Relegation. I've lived through battles. Mm-hmm. I've lived through actual relegations, narrow escapes. It's horrendous. When it actually happens to your team, and you see in the in the the producers who like the, or the director who you know films selects where to go for the Premier League matches will always invariably at the final whistle when, oh God, oh, I'm in the championship next year. Oh no, we're not in the Premier League anymore. They will always cut to people in the stands with their head, their hands on their head, elbows jutted outwards in a state of just despair. Despondent, mm. despondent heartbreak. I did that involuntarily. My body told me to do that when Matt <laughs> fucking Hardy <laughs> said that he was going to do more contract stuff. What? Wh- why are you doing this? And yes, I understand, right, that they did a little TV writer's device on this. They hung a lampshade on how bad it's becoming and how mm. everyone's bored of it. When Jeff Hardy said... Not another one to Matt Hardy. And Matt was like, I know, just one more. I know, but... We're gonna do it anyway. So that is them. And I got this saying that they don't think it's a good idea to keep doing. Why are you doing one more then? Just stop it. Yeah. And why have you been doing it for three years? (laughs) Because after Double or Nothing... That's when Matt Hardy and Private Party struck broke at their relationship. So I'm going through this timeline that I don't want to walk. <clears throat> Matt Hardy was a babyface during the Guevara feud, and then he turned heel well before Revolution 2021 when he had the match with Hangman Page, which is the worst thing Hangman Page has ever done. And folks, where's the coincidence? So for oh that was the earnings thing wasn't it yeah that was contract stuff there so he's been he's been doing contract stuff and having taking it all started when he's turned heel 
private party were like, what are you doing, Matt? And he said, I'm going to take a cut of your earnings because when you become a star, you'll thank me for it and we can earn loads more money together. This guy has been doing contract stuff at the earliest I can recall in the build to Revolution 2021, exclusively contract things. It's pathetic. And the fact that they're hanging a lantern on it means nothing to me. One, they're still doing it. Yes. Two, like over two years, like well over two years of this, two years of Matt Hardy contracts. Uh, just uh, relegation hands. And if you don't know the particular fan football fan reaction to which I'm referring, instead, mm. just imagine literally everyone when The Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. That's what I did in my living room, hungover, when Matt Hardy, in May 2023, is going to do one last contract storyline. I said they save it for the pipe. Uh, right, main event time. Like, I'm serious. I. It's unforgivable. It's unforgivable storytelling. This, and I hate. It's symptomatic of a wider malady. Because they know mm. this sucks. They told you on the television yeah. that it sucks. They put the firm deletion on Rampage, which, about which they don't care because they know it sucks. So I do one more. I just Are these people going into Tony Khan's office and politicking to do <laughs> And he's too passive? Maybe. Is he a walkover? Is that why... But they wouldn't know because they wouldn't do that anywhere else. Fulham wouldn't sign me, right, and go, I know, but at least he's another body for the, uh, you know, for the Premier League running. They wouldn't do that. Why does he do what in AEW then? Uh. Why are people who are formatting the show all over it? Why are producers, at least daddy ass is over? Main event time. Uh, it was uh, Mogul Embassy, that's what they're called now, isn't it? Don't care. Uh, versus Dark Order being represented by John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, we get the back and forth beforehand. Uh, Swerve calls the embassy an upgrade. Um, Prince Nana dro drops a nice line about expansion and gentrification. Um, and John Silver offers Swerve and the uh, mogul embassy the chance to join the Dark Order. You can even bring your hats, he says. Um, but they threaten uh, do uh, mogul embassy to put the Dark Order out of business. John and, Silver popped me during that. Yeah. Uh, but Mark Henry drops the... Uh, well, looks like we've had enough talk. It's time for the main event. Getting a rip in my jeans. Oh, no. Is it the, is it the crotch thing? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have I, I got one there? Yeah. I always get one there. I need another pair before I go away. Otherwise, I'm going to have no jeans. Because <laughs> it's happening to the other pair. Maybe I should stop. Maybe I should lose some weight. <laughs> right, Silver. No, sorry. Reynolds and Strickland start the match. Um, but in comes John Silver and Brian Cage. There's uh, a nice spot with <laughs> a pose down um, with obviously the crowd loving John Silver. Uh, Cage surprises John Silver with his agility um, with some terrors. Uh, but Silver surprises Cage by, of course, matching his power, dropping him with a power slam. Um, oh, I don't know where this happened. I've wrote it down here, because I wrote down JR's little comment, and then I also wrote, 
Cage pulls Reynolds cock first onto the post. I think that's when he dragged him out of the ring at one point. Uh, anyway, Cage drops Alex Reynolds with a pop-up powerbomb. Um, he still kicks out after Strickland and Cage hit him with a double cutter, which was a nice surprise. Um, Silver catches Cage with a kick to break up a, an attempt at a drill claw. Uh, Prince Nana, who's done this on numerous occasions during the match, grabs Silver's foot again. That allows Strickland to nail him in the face. Cage hits Reynolds with the drill claw. At the same time, Strickland hits John Silver with the JML driver. Unsurprisingly, Cage uh, and the Mogul Embassy uh, get the victory, pinning Alex Reynolds. Uh, post-match, the Gates of Agony get involved. Uh, they double-team Evil Uno, who's checking on his mates. Uh, the, oh, I've written the Mogul Affiliates now, even I've forgotten what they're called. They're all beating the sh- at the Dark Order when who comes to make the save? But Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes, along with just loads of weaponry, um, and, uh, yeah, the gang scarper out of there. Thank goodness for Keith Lee. He's back again. He's always back. He's always just coming back. It was a Rampage main event. John Silver, he can't help but get you involved a little yeah. bit because of the energy and the dynamism he has. But it's all a backdrop for something I'm not interested in. and I'm not interested in the backdrop either. Mm. Uh, Rampage sucks. <laughs> I'm sick of watching it. I hate what it makes me, f- how it makes me feel about AEW at large. And I watch these shows every single week, almost, just glazed expression on my mm. face. Mutual apathy, if they don't care, why should I? Luckily, it's all going to change. They yeah. have to care about collision. Yeah, It's big. Their long, long, long-term future at this point depends on the two-hour two show model really, really working. They've known for a long time that they're not going to get numbers in this time slot, and it has informed the quality or lack thereof on this show. I resent watching it as much as they clearly resent booking it. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Yeah, I think... Not long left. Yeah, four, four, uh, four weeks of this, I think, until maybe Collision arrives, and we'll preview and review that, of course, instead. But I, don't, I think it was a, a combination of factors this week. We haven't done it for a couple of weeks uh, with the bank holidays here in the UK. Uh, the sort of more, far more definitive, yeah, collision's definitely coming. This isn't just a pipe dream sort of thing happening in the background whilst we weren't doing Rampage for a bit. I'd and rather then, take a 2002 brand extension, which is what this is, over Rampage. The, and I hate a 2002, man. The setup on Dynamite, the just experience of watching this show. It's on the one hand, they are, as they showed on Dynamite with Nero and Thunder Rosa and Lord knows we could have had 10 other people doing this, going to see Tony Khan going, I'm not getting enough TV time. You need to put me on another show. They are bursting at the seams with talent in AEW and the fact that they've gone, don't don't put my rampage, just save them for collision, speaks volumes. Four weeks. Four weeks of this left, mate. Four weeks. You'll get to see it live, at least, before it gets gets turned into Sunday Night Heat or whatever it's going to be. Before it turned into... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Re- yeah. <laughs> Officially. Yeah. Not, yeah. Okay, anyway, let's any thoughts on AW Rampage. I'm sorry as well. I don't want to have this uh, tone 
this apathy, and I feel like a hack. I feel bad about myself and my profession and my ability to do it when I review this show. They don't get what am I meant to say that's insightful about the acclaimed winning in eight minutes in a in a opening shine cut off torn finish match. Yeah, what am I meant to say about it? Good stuff coming in this week for Dynamite, though, so stick around. I'm really interested in one match in particular. Mm, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. We'll find out on Wednesday. Um, let us know your thoughts, though, on AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch today. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Alan Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. The SmackDown review is available right now. And me, Sid, and Hamlet will be back later on today to preview Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 